We have to go back! everyone and welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and today we will be reviewing the 1995 family classic it takes two emphasis on the it yep we we were going to review the original it because the remake is coming out because uh, we're we're the most relevant podcast on the yeah, planet. Yeah, we're like, man, just make it searchable. Yeah. Um, and so we're like, yeah, let's watch it. Realize it's over three hours long. It was a mini series. Grayson texted TV. Grayson we texted don't... me. He's like, hey, Ricky, uh, it's a three hour long mini series. I said, also, oh, it was on television, and we don't play like that. Yeah, you disqualified it. So <laughs> we. Just started searching uh, it, and it takes two came up. Thank you, Hulu. <laughs> Although I think that the reboot of it should have been called "It Colon Takes Two. <laughs> that is right. So, following the cancellation of Full House, it takes two as the first feature-length film by the Olsen twins. Uh, they had previously started like this whole video empire that we're going to get into later but like they were famously known for being uh michelle on full house and then this movie was their film feature film debut because they made a ton of video stuff otherwise um it also stars christy alley steve gutenberg okay he and he he's the first credit that shows up in the movie i'm just like oh Steve Gutenberg, you guys should have led with that. Yeah, Goot's got some pull. <laughs> um, and uh, Jane Sibbett, I mentioned her largely because she is from Friends fame. She's she's Ross's wife previously. I thought that was great. I'm just like, where do I recognize her from? And then it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Carol. So, um, this movie loosely pulls inspiration from uh, the plot of Mark Twain's uh, The Prince and the Pauper. So, already with their first feature film, The Olsen's High Class. Um, and Which begs the question, who wore it better, The Olsen's or Wishbone? <laughs> oh, what's it's a toss story, Wishbone, going up against The Olsen's. Um, the Prince and the Pupper. <laughs> Gosh, I love Bushbone. And the movie's premise is Alyssa, a rich girl, and Amanda, an orphan, are two little girls who are identical but complete strangers uh, that accidentally meet one day in an attempt to stop Alyssa's father from getting married to Clarice. A conceited know-it-all, the girls get him to meet Amanda's caseworker and switch lives to stop the wedding once and for all. Though, things don't go exactly as planned when Alyssa gets adopted and Clarice moves up the wedding! Oh no. So, that's the premise of the movie. Before we go into um, our reactions, and even some of the history of this film, which there's not a ton of... Let us take you back to a time known as the early 90s, where I feel like it was a great time to be an identical twin, terrible time to be a fraternal twin. Um, oh, yeah. Nobody <laughs> wanted to cast fraternal twins. Like, please call me when you look the same. Right. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, like we mentioned a little bit before, um, Mary-Kate and Ashley both played uh, Michelle Tanner in Full House, um, and they continued to play that role uh, from 1992 all the way up until the show's end in around 1994. So, in addition to that, the Olsen twins um, started a series of films that were direct-to-video. So, uh, for those of you listening who remember direct-to-video and those of you who don't remember direct-to-video, um, it was a lot like YouTube, um, except you had to go to the store and you had to buy a VHS. And it was like, they, they basically had a web series before web series were like a thing. Um, in the same vein of Barney, um, with like how like Barney got huge due to VHS sales, um, the Olsen twins with Mary Kate and Ashley were kind of got famous, like not only because of the show, but because of their video series that started like getting huge fame. They started with a video series called Our First Video, which was a series of, uh, basically just very cheaply done music videos that were fun. Uh, and then they did a series called The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley, which premiered in 1994 and went through 1997, which was a series of about 12 or so narratives where they basically were solving mysteries of uh, different things with, uh, you know, different songs intermingled between them. And so that just saw a ton of success they were selling upwards of like hundreds of thousands of copies of vhs tapes and so it was nothing to frown at so when full house was canceled the next thing for the olsons were a feature film and it was it takes two so that brings us to the present um it co-stars just i mean if you're gonna have a movie with the olsen twins you're gonna wanna have some star power. So they got none other than Carrie Mahoney from Police Academy, Steve Gutenberg. Oh, yeah. Who is just, ugh, I forgot how much I love me some Gutenberg. Yeah. Um, and then, look who's talking, Christy Alley. And I mean, goodness. Well, Kirstie Alley was on Cheers. That's right. Like the, big, the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of launched her to stardom. And then, because I, I, my main memory of her was like, uh, <laughs> look who's talking, and this movie. But I like Kirstie Alley. Yeah, no, she's great. Uh, I, I completely forgot, like, what a joy of a talent she is. And the movie, I mean, the movie got its title after the song It Takes Two uh, by Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston. Uh, you can hear that song in the credits. And the camp that uh, they go to is a real camp. The the camp is named Camp Miniyoi, um, and it is in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, and it is still an active summer camp today. So, if you're looking for a summer camp to go to, if you're listening to this podcast and remember this movie, chances are you're too old for it. Um, but you could probably be a camp counselor. And this movie, I had to look this up. So this movie. Uh, was once hailed as the parrot trap of the 90s. Little did they know. Wow. <laughs> Disney had an idea. Kind of jumped the gun on that, yeah. Uh, yes. Like, we're not going to wait around for twins to be born. <laughs> right. Yeah, we they make say, our own twins. Say, listen, twins are really big right now. We got the Olsons. We got Sister Sister. We got Tia Tamara. What if we made our own twins? Uh, so yes, this movie does predate Parent Trap, uh, the remake, uh, by 
three years. It came out in 1998. This came out in 1995. Um, and this movie won a Nickelodeon Blimp Award for Favorite Movie Actress, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, it earned $19 million in the box office, which isn't too great as far as like box office numbers go. Um, but in the... Uh, VH1 documentary that I watched about the Olsen twins. Um, it's a respectable number. It, this was great for them to be able to pull in this kind of um, audience in a theatrical release. And uh, and it was their first feature-length film as well. So even though it um, didn't do too terribly like well, just like it didn't do like hundreds of millions, but it still did well. Um, and this was released through Warner Brothers Umbrella as well. So... That's kind of the history that we have on this film. Um, oh, lastly, the Olsons did all their own stunts. Try to think of what the stunts would be. You know, um, running and mm. horse riding. Oh, yeah, and like beverage cart crab walking. Right. Yeah, I see. <laughs> all the Olsons. All the stunts. Yeah, I hear Tom Cruise does all the same stunts. <laughs> So yeah, so that is some of the uh, backstory and frame of reference for this movie. Uh, so now let's go ahead and get into our reactions. So Grayson, when was the last time that you saw It Takes Two? This came out in 95? Yep. I probably saw it in 96. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Uh, I know I've seen it at least once before, probably not more than that. There was so much I did not remember. Yeah. And when we chose this, I was like, it takes two. Okay, I know there's something where they're trying to like get a couple together, but had no idea that it was like a Prince and the Popper type thing. Right. So like I was totally in the dark for most of it. Um but my reaction was like, Oh, this is fun and I could see why I probably liked this as a kid if I had retained those memories of liking this. <laughs> The thing I just couldn't get over this time. My main reaction was, "Why aren't why aren't they sisters?" Yes. Oh and my when god. He said, and then he said the line, "Identical strangers." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," just <laughs> fractured my concept and expectations of what this was going to be. Yes. Of like, it's not a long lost sister story. It's just you're a stranger that looks the same, and. Also, why isn't this called Identical Strangers? Because that's an amazing title for something. Oh my gosh, when he said that line, I had the exact same reaction. Identical Strangers? That's amazing. I'm just like, what? what? Because when uh, when um, when Newton Crosby from Short Circuit said, uh, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't go to the camp after, uh, after my wife died. I was just like, your wife who had twins? Why is no one addressing this? But like, because I was just like, oh yeah, like you and your wife, you adopted, and so this that the other, because the other kid's an orphan. So yeah, sure. One kid just got lost in the system. Okay, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> then mm -hmm. He said that line. I'm like, oh no, I thought that this was the parent trap. I just thought that this was exactly the parent trap, and twin antics happened because every twin narrative is that. It's exactly that. I think that this is one of the few twin storylines to like break the mold of like like the hit sitcom with T and Tamara sister sister was all about how these two sisters were separated at birth and they were both adopted by different families and then they met each other and both families came together for the kids. Same with the parent trap, just like oh well 
we were separated at birth and our parents lived these different lives and now we're gonna get back together and i was so surprised that that was not the narrative it's just like hey we just so happen to look alike and upon my several hours of research technically only technically the olsons are fraternal they're always like the most famous identical twins now according to just the leading source of factual information cosmopolitan says that mary kate and ashley aren't identical twins yeah because uh, identical twins look identically the same just in every way and the olsons um, there are very slight differences. So that's how they are fraternal. And a lo- ton of interviews, including uh, one when they were little, just babies um, on E! And another, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, when she had a talk show interview, they both say that they are fraternal twins. Um, and I also learned that it is fraternal, not paternal, which is what I thought it was. No, paternal twins are when you have two dads that look exactly the same. <laughs> You know what? You're right. That's right. <laughs> um, and I was super curious because of the whole thing about them just being strangers who look exactly alike. I mm-hmm. did a little bit of research and that's apparently stupidly common. So I saw this on my Facebook feed a while ago. And so I re-looked it up and it's this uh, photo series of this that this guy started called Strangers Who Look Like Twins. And it's just a series of these people who are strangers but they look like identical twins. It's it's just weird. Can you like submit a picture of yourself and it maps your face and like connects you with other people that look like you? Um, not to my knowledge, no. Um, oh. no, no, they just not interested. <laughs> Find your doppelganger. It's weird. So apparently, something like this could happen. But yeah, like going into the movie, I was just convinced that. Oh yeah, I know the story. Two long lost twins end up knowing each other, but movie showed me. So when I was watching the movie, I, one of the things that I really didn't notice was um, just a slight inconsistency. Um, so one of the Olsons, um, who who played the the more proper, um, not twin, I guess. Yeah, that's weird. Um, the Olson that played Alyssa, she had like somewhat of an English accent. But Sergeant Mahoney didn't. I was just like, but where's the, where did this accent come from? I mean, probably from the mother she doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing we never saw the mother. But I think they said she died in childbirth. You know what? You're right. Oh yeah, because they were ten. Yeah, yeah. And then poor Colton from Sharknado Four had to raise her on his own. You were just all up in Gutenberg's IMDb. Love me some Guten. The first time I saw this movie, um, surprisingly, was not at summer camp, uh, but was at a daycare. Um, so I remember, like, I probably saw it in 1996, and I remember, like, I could sensory recall, like, the exact room I was in watching this movie. Um, I remember specifically that this movie was the first time I had ever seen Sloppy Joe. I was like, what is that? What is oh. it that they're eating? Because I had never had Sloppy Joe like at that point in time in my life. Like, really? Yeah. That was the first time I saw Sloppy Joe. That's that's nuts to me. We grew up eating Sloppy Joes. Really? I guess I just lived on that side of the lake. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, when I was, so I watched this movie with my wife, and she loved Mary-Kate and Ashley. She always, she remembered... Um, 
always calling like anytime she saw an Olsen twin she's like Michelle I love Michelle she called Full House Michelle um, that's uh, accurate in the way that they marketed <laughs> that show yes so she watched all the episodes of Full House and then she saw It Takes Two and then retroactively watched all of the um, Mary Kate and Ashley adventures and that's how she just like fell in love with the Olsons I did watch all of the Mary Kate and Ashley adventures though oh really and that's, act- that's actually my strongest memory of the Olsen twins was those those movies uh, yeah because I loved mysteries as a kid like I read all the clue books and like things like that and so anything that was detective themed I really dug into and that that was a major one yeah no that's yeah I, I my sister really loved the mysteries <laughs> like I was talking to her recently I was like oh yeah I'm watching it takes two she's like yeah, the Olsons never were as good as when they were when they were solving mysteries. Yeah, they really should have been attached to CSI and done CSI Twin Cities, where they're in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, and one of them does, like solves crimes in Minneapolis, the other one solves crimes in St. Paul, and then they have to come together in the fourth act of every episode. Oh, man, I would watch the heck out of that. <laughs> All right, now we're going to dive into some headcanon. Headcanon. Headcanon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. And uh, my only headcanon um, has to do with a very interesting dynamic in this movie. Um, so, I don't know if you've noticed, um, but the, the father of the film... Uh, Mr. Wayne Hastings Jr. in Ballers, the TV series, um, is a very wealthy man, an eligible bachelor, yeah. who lives in a big house. You know it. With a butler of sorts, who's also the best man. Mm-hmm. So someone who he has known his whole life. I'd like to think that Maury... Of community, actually, season six of community, episode eight, is none other than a retired Bruce Wayne. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, because he he has a tech company, just like Wayne Enterprise. I'm just picturing, I'm picturing Vincenzo saying uh, Alfred lines to him. Uh, I promise to take care of you, and uh, I haven't done that. <laughs> I, f- I failed you. <laughs> All right, so my headcanon uh, harnesses the constructs set in place by the cult classic sci-fi TV series Fringe, uh, which sets up the idea that there are multiple Earths held together by small but important uh, changes. Uh, in the show Fringe, there is a place where the barrier between the two worlds is thinnest and it takes place at a lake um, similar to this lake. Uh, I believe it's also in New York. If I'm remembering correctly, I did not do it up because I would require um, uh, research ahead of time. And <laughs> in this instance, the headcanon is that this lake is the permeable barrier between the two realities and that our earth that we know as like the primary is the one where she is very wealthy, but doesn't have a mother. Um, and I choose that as the primary Earth because the camp bus, um, if you look at the peace symbol on the front of the camp uh, like school bus, it is missing the actual third leg of the peace symbol that comes down to form the, 
the peace symbol that we know in our reality. Mm. Um, so at first I thought it was like a mistake or like a weird thing. But I was like, no, that's just how it is in their Earth 2. Um, so that is established as the second Earth. Uh, Steve Gutenberg has the first Earth. Um, and they're able to move between Earths uh, because this is where you're able to like cross between at this special like water lake uh, meeting point. The other thing is that in Fringe, they have to have a, a device or like a window that they look through to observe the other side. In this case, that is the purpose of the Golden Telescope mm. to be able to see where they are going. Uh, and uh, the reflection from the water also serves the needs to be able to like reflect the other Earth. So that's why they're able to cross between um, and uh, ultimately meet each other. Uh, but that means that the daughters are actually the same person, just with different life events that happen to them. Hmm. Um, and uh, so like in one Earth, she loses both of her parents um, which means Steve Gutenberg, the doppelganger, like temporal reality doppelganger of Steve Gutenberg, also existed in the version where she's an orphan, but he also died um, in, as well as the mother instead of just the mother. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of the construct uh, of that headcanon. That's very good. Now we're going to dive into another segment of the show that we like to call Recast, Remake, and Recut. So, if this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast and what would be the subject matter? And if you have a recutting of the movie to make it a little bit different, add that too. Well, Ricky, uh, I'd also like to know what was the cast uh, that the listeners decided from last week? Yeah, so um, in the majority vote, um, my casting um, majority was taken uh, for the Matrix cast. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, it's just like all all of your all of yours, none of well, my. Well, I mean, yes. You, oh Brian Cranston. Oh, would, I got would, would I be, got the Cran Man. Yeah, he would be Agent Smith. That sweet. Yeah, that's the one I really wanted. Oh, good. Uh, if you would like to let your fan cast be known, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Flashback Flicks, and your cast could make it in the segment of the show. So. Now onto this episode. Um, I think we all know who I'm gonna say. I mean, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know this. You know me. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. the jokes. I'm just gonna go ahead and get out of the way and just say that is going to be season one. Melissa Joan Hart from um, Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah, easy. She, she is going to be the one who would have a twin of herself. I just think that it just makes the most sense. And um, just age them up a little bit, and I mean, I mean, come on, '90s fashion, perfect. Actually, I realized this watching this movie. The only thing I want is for them, like in remaking this movie, I just want people to remake movies in the style of '90s movies. I just want the fashion, <laughs> the setting, the patterns, and everything. That's all I want to be remade. That's the major thing. But yeah, so um, besides 1991, Melissa Joan Hart, um, I think for the rest of the cast, because honestly, the Olsen twins are just really great for this role. And I feel like we would have to potentially do a a parent trap situation where we just have one actor playing multiple parts. Yeah. Um, but if they were to do it today, I would honestly love 
uh, Kristen Wiig as a uh, Christy Alley's character, yeah, Chris yeah. O'Dowd as um, the Goots uh, character, and then for the Clarice character, I wrote down Anna Camp because um, she played a really great socialite in uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yeah, yeah. So and she's also in Pitch Perfect. If you need a more clear visual, she's the the girl who says Aka everything. <laughs> I think that she would be a great socialite kind of character. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Uh, for my cast, Steve Gutenberg would be played by Steve Carell. Oh, nice. Uh, Kirstie Alley would also be a bridesmaid cast member, but it'd be Melissa McCarthy. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Clarice, Kristen Bell. Yes. Um, Vincenzo, I would love to see Ray Fiennes as Vincenzo. Basically, oh his role in Lego Batman. <laughs> um, oh and gosh. then for the twins, uh, 2001 Dakota Fanning. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know who I would love? And this would just take a lot of editing. Um, but I would love it if they got Ellie Kemper, but they just superimposed her face onto like a kid's body. Um, there is a movie called... <laughs> It's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> there was a Wayans Brothers movie called Little Man. Yeah. And they took Marlon Wayans and they superimposed his face on this tiny little uh, little baby's body. And it was just the best. But yeah. So those are our cast. Let us know what your cast is. And we just might include it in the next episode's fan cast right yeah. here on this section of the podcast and for bonus points recast the helicopter pilot who is apparently <laughs> captain mcguffin uh just we gotta find a way to get to new york city um i like to believe that it's stephen wright from his role in uh so i married an axe murderer but any <laughs> helicopter pilot will do very nice all right, so now it's time to go into our final segment, which is giving you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 1995 movie It Takes Two? So, at first, I, having not really remembered the premise of the movie, uh, I was like, oh, okay, just Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were each told a character to play, and then they just have to do that character. But no, they actually had to adopt the characteristics of both characters and be distinct when they were playing each one like at no point was i confused which character was which both through their performances all through through costuming things like that but it's it's very consistent and so i was just very impressed by the olsen twins and this kind of being their foray into feature films um it's worth looking at because that element of it is still just very fun. I think the act breaks are also very distinct. If you look at act breaks as being when a character makes an irreversible decision, you have consistent act breaks. There are certain things that they decide to do that they just can't come back from. Um, and I appreciated that. Like, just very straightforward, uh, not very wishy washy. Like, abandon the whole, like, hang ups of uh, identical strangers, and you're going to have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this movie, for me, is like such an, a great slice of the 90s. I mean, the Olsen twins were everywhere. 
it's a cool way to see like what child celebrity looked like in like a kind of cutting edge way of television because like the Olsen twins would basically be YouTube stars today um mm -hmm. like if they started today like they were on tv or like a maybe famous web series and then they started acting in films this and the other and you would just see them them grow up in a different way um and this is like what happened back then and it's a really cool way to just see um one of the movies that played a pivotal role in just their their life because i mean again Wilson twins are like so much fun um as actors, like they give a lot of fun stuff, and it's campy, um, really over the top, but it's just a ton of fun. Like I was laughing throughout this movie. So mm -hmm. if you're looking for some fun, it only takes two seconds to look it up on Hulu, and uh, you can watch it there. So that is our review of It Takes Two. Let us know what you remember about It Takes Two on instagram or twitter in both places we are at flashback flicks and please leave us a review or two i'm sure you can only just leave one um but leave us a review letting us know on a scale of one to five sloppy joes oh that's a good one what you thought of this review that you're listening to right now um leave it on itunes specifically because it really helps the show out and lets people know that this is the podcast worth listening to so thank you already for the many people who have left a, a written review um and you can join the camp of other people who are doing it as well and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until then remember to be kind and rewind mm -hmm.